The Blunt Post with Vic. Good morning, happy Monday, and welcome to The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, the editor and publisher of The Blunt Post. The Blunt Post with Vic is a program that covers national, regional, and local headline news, offers analysis and commentary, and I interview members of Congress, local elected officials, and other high-profile public figures. Good morning. Uh, Thank you for joining us on The Blunt Post with Vic. Later on the show, you will hear me interview uh, Steve Pearson who is a candidate for California State Assembly from District 44 uh, in Southern California. If you are just joining in or tuning in, I should say, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. Uh, I'm your host, Vic Jaramie. Uh, We are in Fun Drive, and I'm here in the studio with my producer, Ricky Herrera. Good morning, Ricky. Hey, good morning, Vic. Good morning to all our listeners. As you mentioned, we are in FunDrive. Big shout out to all of our listeners who have donated thus far. KPFK is a listener-sponsored radio station, so we got to pay the bills. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Thank you to all who have supported us through the years, and uh, we appreciate it. We thank you in advance for your support of this FunDrive. Just make sure that when you call in, uh, if you're calling in during uh, our show, uh, or you are doing it online, that you do mention uh, the Blunt Post with Vic so that we know who our supporters are. Uh, that's greatly appreciated. You can go to kpfk.org to do that. So uh, let's cover some uh, current events and stuff. Uh, George Santos, uh, Congressman George Santos, is in the news again. Uh-oh. Yeah. So Congressman George Santos is in the news again, this time because his former aide, Nancy Marks, uh, pleaded guilty uh, to fraud. Uh, she told the court that she reported a fake $500,000 loan that supposedly uh, George Santos uh, gave to his own campaign. That was one of the bigger of multitude of red flags on some of the lies that, that uh, he'd been telling. So this one came out. It was a lie. It was, a, it was fraud. Ricky, I know you've got lots to say about this. This guy's such a dork, man. Just a loser. I hate to be so cruel. Just to get into a little bit more of the minutia, she she has reached a plea agreement, and uh, her plea agreement is coming with a recommendation that she serve three and a half to four years in prison. If Nancy Marks essentially found guilty of this, uh, she's coming to a plea agreement uh, admitting her own guilt, I still don't think Mr. Santos will acknowledge any of this in terms of um, uh, his participation in any of this oh, fraud. Of course, not. <laughs> of course not. You know, Santos <laughs> is uh, Donald Trump Jr. So, uh, you know, they don't ever do anything wrong. It's always other people's fault. It's always someone else. Uh, of course not. But I'm just wondering how scared he is about going to prison now considering his former aide is going to be. Well, he's he's a master manipulator. I'm sure he'll do uh, just fine in prison. Oh, well, I suppose anyone would be scared, but this guy will find his way. He's, he seems to find his way any situation. I just can't wait till more facts about this come out. And I, I two years from now, I really want to see 
what Mr. Santos is up to. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go to something a little bit broader, which is 2023 has been the year of strikes. And there's another strike, uh, a possible strike looming uh, of Walgreens and maybe even CVS employees, specifically pharmacy employees. So employees at more than 500 of America's approximately 9,000 Walgreens stores have have been talking about doing the solidarity, the pharmacy employee walkout. You know, they say that uh, pharmacy employees are, are usually called on with burdensome prescription and vaccination expectations that are levied on pharmacists from corporate management, uh, et cetera. So the, the employees always find themselves falling behind and dealing with angry customers. Now, I, I used to, um, I used to do my prescriptions at, at CVS, but after so many frustrating mistakes and just, just awful, awful logistics stuff that they couldn't get right, I went to a mom and pop, and I've never been happier. Uh, but I can see that. Uh, you know, the, the volume of customers and if corporate is just constantly pressuring them, badgering them for their numbers, how that's sort of adding to the to the problem. October 9th today uh, through the 11th, this organizer has asked to remain anonymous for you know, fears of retribution, uh, confirmed that uh, the walkout is happening. It's going to include... Uh, you mentioned the pharmacists, the technicians, and even support staff. Um, we've all been to a pharmacy. It's one of those industries, one of those uh, jobs that are lost between the cracks in terms of healthcare and how critical that that service is. Actually, you know, because pharmacists generally can answer some very important questions. Because when you're you're taking medications, particularly multiple medications, um, your pharmacist is, is really important. If um, you just need kind of a refresher, maybe something your doctor told you in terms of taking the medication, chances are that that pharmacist, the head pharmacist will know. So uh, Actually, I've been told that usually pharmacists know even better than doctors uh, about specific medications. Uh, which makes sense. I would believe that totally, totally. It's been a year for uh, the worker. You know, speaking of strikes and healthcare, uh, as you probably already know, as our listeners know, more than 75,000 unionized Kaiser Permanente employees will be returning to work after their historic three-day strike. There could be another work stoppage. This This is temporary, but it just points to the the broader picture that so many industries in America are kind of sick of conditions, uh, pay, just general treatment. And they're speaking up. And I don't know, I just don't, I can't remember a year where so many critical uh, industries that affect our lives every single day have because, gone on strike. You know, so it's because the cost of living has gone up exponentially uh, from fuel to food, and yet uh, salaries are stagnant. And all this talk about great economy and this and that, that's for the super rich or upper middle class and higher, those that have stocks and bonds and this and that, not the average American, not the working class, not the middle class, not the, well, most of the middle class is 
disintegrated, but I'm for them. I'm all for the strikes. I'm happy that the Writers Guild um, struck a deal. I hope that the SAG and AFTRA do also. And I'm happy that the healthcare workers got what they want. I'm also uh, very supportive of Unite Here Local 11, the hospitality workers in SoCal in Arizona. And speaking of <laughs> business and and pay and running, KPFK is in a fun drive. Vic, you have an incredible interview later with a candidate for District 44. Um, but before we get to that, we do have to pay some bills. Uh, KPFK is a listener-sponsored radio station, and so many shows on this network, the hosts are, are volunteers. When we ask for your donations, we are literally asking you for a lifeline to keep the station on the air for expenses, uh, such as keeping the transmitter site sustainable in terms of uh, debris and because the staff here is skeletal. So your donations literally keep this place up and running. So please, kpfk.org, make a donation there, PayPal, credit card, you could send in a check, anything helps. Thanks, Ricky. That's absolutely right. Programmers on KPFK are volunteers. Our staff is very small. This is truly about keeping this institution alive and thriving. The kind of media that you don't see, you don't hear anymore, independent, commercial-free, not afraid to speak the truth, not beholden to advertisers and special interests and sponsors and such. We've relied on you. You've come through all the way in the past. Uh, please do it again. Support us through this fund drive. Go to kpfk.org and donate or uh, you can also call us at 818-985-5735. Thank you. 818-985-5735. Let them know that you're listening to the Blunt Post with Vic when you make your donation. Any amount helps, uh, but I want to throw real quick. For a $250 donation to this radio station, you can receive a gift. You can go on to kpfk.org. You can check out the shirts, our mugs, make a donation anywhere from 50 to $100. But uh, I want to throw out the Pacifica Radio Archives Voices That Changed the World 1400-hour USB drive collection. It's a collection of historical speeches, excerpts, all in MP3 audio format on a, a convenient USB drive that plugs right into your computer. Uh, you could probably even plug it into your car if you're driving driving a newer model. KPFK, you know, back in the 60s and 70s and 80s, we're doing a lot on the ground and going to events. And we have some pretty cool recordings of a lot of stuff, speeches from Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, uh, to more current uh, demonstrations that have happened in the last uh, decade. Uh, so please, for a $250 donation, pick yourself up a Voices That Changed the World Pacifico Radio Archive Collection. It's 1,400 hours for a $250 donation here to the station. And if you go to kpfk.org, you can make your donation using PayPal, a credit card. You can also check out some of the other gifts that kpfk.org has listed. We'd like to think that KPFK is the incentive for your donation, but we know times are tough. Uh, so please, anything, $5, $10, $100, $250 for this USB drive collection from the Pacifica Radio Archives 
hey, maybe you got $1,000. Thank you, everyone. Uh, we're going to get into Vic's interview coming up here right after the break. But before we do go to break, Vic, can you give us a tease? Uh, how was the interview? Um, who is this candidate in District 44? Yeah, so uh, District 44, California State uh, State Assembly District 44, which is now Assembly Member Laura Friedman's uh, seat. She is running for Congress for Congressman uh, Adam Schiff's seat. So the candidate I interviewed is Steve Pearson. Steve comes from a sort of a political family, but he also comes from entertainment. He'd been uh, in, in entertainment for like 30 years. He's also been in, in uh, community organizing. This is a, his first political campaign uh, running for assembly. And he has some really great ideas. We had a really good chat and I you know, look forward to uh, Getting, getting some feedback with uh, with the interview. Cool. So please stay tuned for Vic's interview with Steve Pearson, who is a candidate for California Assembly's District 44. The Blunt Post with Vic. It's hard to believe that you can fund a radio station on the honor system, but it's true because that's just how we do it here at KPFK. Listeners make their contributions because they know that it's their support that keeps the news, public service, and music they love on the air. It's simple. Listener contributions are the single largest source of revenue for KPFK. Without essential ongoing listener support, KPFK just wouldn't exist. That's why your support is so important and so powerful. Pacifica listeners don't have to support the station. They choose to do so because they know how essential their support is. This is Margaret Prescott, host of Sojourner Truth. Please renew your support of KPFK or make your first contribution now at kpfk.org. Thank you. The Blunt Post with Vic. Steve Pearson is an entertainment industry veteran, a union member, a lifelong public servant, and former community organizer for Swing Left. This is Steve's first campaign for public office, but he's not new to politics. His father was a special counsel to President Lyndon B. Johnson and helped implement the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and great society programs such as Medicare and Medicaid. Steve has been a delegate for the California Democratic Party, and now he is a candidate for the California State Assembly District 44. Good morning, Steve. Uh, thank you for being on the Blunt Post with Vic this morning. How are you today? I'm great, Vic. Thank you so much for, for letting me join. Absolutely. You are a, a local. You're, you're living in Valley Village where I live, and yep. uh, you're running for a very important uh, assembly seat, which till now has been the seat for uh, assembly member Laura Friedman. But of course, she's running for Congress. So you're one of the candidates that's running for her seat. Let's just start by you sort of telling us why 
and their background and things like that. <laughs> Why would I do this masochistic uh, thing yeah. of running for, for office? Um, really, the, the, the quick answer to that is because it's just an incredible opportunity to make an impact on folks' lives. Uh, you know, I, I don't believe there is a more impactful body of government right now than the California legislature. So to be able to have my job, you know, be to make people's lives better, to wake up every day and, and work to lift up the folks in, in my community and all over the state of California, you know, sign me up. That, that's why I'm doing it. And, um, you know, my, my background, I, I grew up in D.C. I grew up in a, a political family. Uh, my dad was counsel to President Johnson. Um, I thought I would follow in his footsteps. I was a poli-sci major when I first went to school, but uh, actually after leaving school and, and, and dealing with a, uh, an alcohol and, and uh, drug addiction, uh, I was fortunate enough to get sober when I was 19, and I found the film and TV department there at Chapman University, which was you know way more fun than politics, and uh, I ended up having a a uh, nice long career in that industry, owning a sound studio in Hollywood, and working in post-production sound, working as an actor, working as a musician, touring with the band all over the country, all kinds of great stuff. And, um, you know, my wife is an actor. We're both 30-year SAG-AFTRA members. Uh, and, um, you know, when Trump was elected, I just, uh, I felt like I'd had blinders on. I felt like I had to make up for lost time, and I just wanted to turn my life upside down. And because I owned my business, I was uh, I had the privilege to neglect that business and start organizing. Um, and that's what I did. I became a community organizer. I worked with a, a national organization called Swing Left to galvanize volunteers all over the country to make an impact in swing, uh, swing states and swing elections. And um, I've just been looking at where can I be of service? Where can I make the, the greatest impact? And, uh, and like I said at the start, I don't think there's a, a place where you can make a bi a bigger impact than the assembly and the Senate and the California legislature. So um, that's why I'm doing it. My friend, Laura Friedman, as you said, is running for Congress and it opened up an opportunity to serve my home. Well, makes sense. Well said. So if you're just joining us, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with candidate for California State Assembly, District 44, uh, Steve Pearson. So let me ask you this, as we are and as we're speaking today, uh, what do you think are some of the, the biggest challenges facing your district, California as a whole, or just greater LA? Uh, great question. Um, there's a lot. You know, I love Los Angeles. I love the diversity. The um, I love the funky artists, the people, you know, this great melting pot that we have. But it is a tough city to live in for so many. Um, wages have been stagnant. stagnant. Rent is, is way high. Home ownership can be uh, out of reach for, for many, for most right now. Uh, and we have uh, a terrible uh, homelessness issue. Folks, our neighbors who are unhoused uh, need to be taken care of, and we need to act with urgency on that. Um, that's really top of mind for everybody who lives in this city and all over California. And you know, ultimately, uh, this is not just unique to California. It's a societal failing when we don't take care of those who are the most vulnerable and need our help the most. Um, so, you know, that's top of mind for folks. I mean, we talked... Uh, earlier on in a conversation we had about the most underreported uh, and urgent issue we have right now, and that's the um, Armenian genocide happening in Artsakh right now. 
And when we talk about uh, this community, uh, AD 44, that I seek to serve, um, it, is a, uh, it is really an Armenian seat. And uh, before redistricting happened, Adrin Nazarian was my assembly member. I was his delegate for a long time. You know, it's, it's heartbreaking what is happening. It is um, egregious and disgusting that the media has not been uh, picking up on it and reporting it as much as, it, as they should, uh, because that's the only way that we make change is when we get public sentiment and people power behind us and bring that awareness to, uh, to what's happening. But, you know, the, the redistricting process uh, – cut the city of, of Glendale in half. I don't know, for your listeners, we had an independent yeah. uh, redistricting uh, process. And and um, I think that that will diffuse or it, it could diffuse the power of the Armenian community in this district. And they really need a voice in Sacramento and they really need that. Um, so so that's something that, that I am bringing to this race. Um, I have a lot to learn. I'm not Armenian. I didn't grow up with that. I know that there's so much trauma. So many folks are, are dealing um, with the immediate repercussions of, of, of what's happening, friends and family members who are at risk or have been killed or imprisoned right now. So my heart goes out to everyone, and I, I just want to be a partner and help in any way that I can with that. Thank you. I really appreciate that, especially the fact that you refer to it accurately. You refer to Artsakh accurately. Um, that's really important. And you have some really good points about redistricting and all of that, for sure. So let me ask you this. You know, I, I, homelessness has been sort of like the top topic, if you will, for so many races, city council, assembly, state senate, etc. Uh, mayor Bass, since uh, you know becoming mayor, has had an aggressive planning campaign that she's uh, really carried out, continues to carry it out. Uh, how do you feel about uh, what she's doing, like the results so far? Yeah, um, you know, like everything, we want to see more results faster, and and you know, sadly, that's just not the way uh, our our, <laughs> our government is not set up to uh, to be super nimble. Um, but she has uh, really addressed it with the urgency uh, uh, that need, it needs to be addressed with, um, and I think she's doing a good job. Um, we are seeing folks get inside, get off the street. Um, we're seeing, uh, and, and in the legislature too, I'll say, you know, Mayor Bass is doing a good job, but we've just passed some legislation uh, that's going to make it easier to streamline, you know, building more affordable housing. Uh, and uh, and that's really key. Uh, protecting renters. We have a very uh, important ballot initiative coming up in, in this election as well uh, to protect renters. It's a multi-layered uh, issue, of course. Um, the the number one demographic of folks who are becoming homeless right now are senior citizens who are being priced out of their homes, uh, and then followed by single moms, uh, you know, with their kids. So when we think of homelessness, so often we think of someone who is, uh, you know, in severe mental distress on the streets, right? And certainly that's a, a big part of it, and we need more services for those folks too. But uh, fundamentally, we also have to protect renters. Uh, we have to build more affordable housing uh, and, and build it in a way that's equitable so that we're doing it in neighborhoods, that, you know, that have good access to transit and stuff like that too. So, uh, but that's a long way to say I, I like what Mayor Bass is doing. I've, I've had the pleasure of working with her over the years in different capacities as an organizer, um, and she's addressing it like the emergency that it really is. 
The other thing I'll say that she's doing that I like too is when we talk about wraparound services uh, for those in in you know dealing with uh, uh, addiction and and mental distress. Um, that, as you know, uh, that goes through Lasha, that goes through the county services. Uh, the city has a bunch of money from opioid settlements. And, you know, she has uh, been very creative and effective about streamlining that money to get it out there and make sure that we're using that um, and that folks don't have to jump through so many hoops to get the treatment and services that they need because we are just woefully underfunded when it comes to mental health and addiction treatment uh, in this state. And, and so I, I applaud her efforts there as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we just need to keep talking about it so the stigma goes away about mm-hmm. uh, being homeless, about having uh, mental illness, etc. So if you're just joining us, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with candidate for California State Assembly, District 44, uh, Steve Pearson. But before we continue with the interview, I just want to remind everyone that KPFK is in a fun drive. Uh, we rely on you to keep the station alive and thriving. And we come to you uh, for donations so that we can bring you the kind of programming you're accustomed to. Uh, so please donate. Uh, you can go to kpfk.org or you can give us a call at 818 818- 985-5735 and make any amount of donation that you please. Um, let them know that you are listening to The Blunt Post with Vic. We are doing this because KPFK is commercial free. We don't take money from advertisers or sponsors uh, so that we can continue to be truthful. We don't have to filter ourselves like most mainstream media does. So the other side of it is then we have to rely on our on our listeners who've been very generous through the years. Uh, we've been around since 1959, and we want to continue to bring you this kind of programming that you're accustomed to. So please go to kpfk.org or call 818-985-5735. And let's continue with my interview with Steve Pearson. So let me ask you this. as As an assembly member... What would you do differently or what would you add to the current uh, efforts that are being made for for combating homelessness? Uh, what do you think your capacity would be to to make some change at the state level? Yeah, that's a great question. When we talk about addiction and mental health, obviously that's personal to me. You know, I, as I said, I was very fortunate to get sober when I was 19. Opioids weren't around really when I was, you know, getting sober. Um, fentanyl wasn't around and uh, meth wasn't really even around. Uh, families are getting ripped apart by um, by this right now. And the services just aren't there. The, the, the money's not there. And uh, and we're doing some creative things. I'm, I'm interested in the care courts, which is Ge- uh, Governor Newsom's uh, initiative to um, decriminalize those who are in mental distress and get them uh, the treatment and, and uh, that they need. Uh, we have a mental health worker shortage, not because we don't have people who want to do that work, but because we don't pay them enough. 
simply they can't afford to do that work. So when you ask me what can we do on the state level, um, we can you know create more funding. We're the fourth largest economy in the world. You know the money is there. A budget is a statement of our priorities, right? Of you know of of what we value. Um, so we can fight for more funding. Um, also, most of the treatment programs that we um, we have for folks are 30-day treatment programs, right? So you're taking them off the street, you're running them through a 30-day program. Uh, it's not nearly enough. Um, you know, uh, the fog is just starting to lift after 30 days. You're barely getting the, the drugs out of your system, and you're not able to really treat the causes and conditions around, uh, around that. You know, you need at least a 90-day treatment program. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to have this cycle of folks going in and out of the program and going uh, back out onto the street again. Um, so that's something that we can advocate for as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the good things is that California has probably one of the, if not the best, recovery community. Now, recovery community is different than what you're talking about. <laughs> recovery community means that there are, there's an army of people who are in uh, different programs, a lot of them 12 steps, uh, doing this. So we we kind of know this. Like this is, this is not a very unfamiliar topic to us. However, uh, at the government level, it's been lagging. It's been, it's just really been behind in, uh, in addressing yeah. this. What are some of the other um, issues that are really important to you? Yeah. Well, um, you know, it's interesting as a person who's worked in the entertainment industry for uh, almost 30 years, um, that experience is, is really important uh, for Sacramento right now. Uh, obviously, as I mentioned I'm a sag after member. Um, we're on strike right now. Thankfully, the writers uh, got their deal, and um, you know, we're back at the table uh, as we speak. Um, and, uh, and I'm hoping when this airs that we might actually have a deal uh, with, with sag after as well. Um, but we're, we're at a pivotal time in our entertainment industry. Uh, it's personal to me. My wife is an actor. My daughter is in film school right now studying to be a, a film uh, an editor. Um, but it also happens to be fundamental to our economy in Los Angeles. One out of five people who live in Los Angeles work in the creative economy, and those who don't uh, are, uh, you know, sustained and affected by it. You know, down to grocery store workers and uh, hotels and dry cleaners and and everything around our city. Um, we've had some good folks in the legislature in the past who have practical experience in the entertainment industry. Um, in fact, my predecessor Laura Friedman was a producer before she ran for office. But they've either gone or they are leaving. And um, as evidence to how hard it was to um, re-up our tax credit program, um, and I don't believe it goes far enough, uh, we really need strong voices for the entertainment industry and for the arts in general. I mentioned a budget. We have a budget deficit. And, and the first thing that always gets cut is, is the arts. Um, I believe that's incredibly short-sighted. Not only do we know fundamentally the value that it brings to Los Angeles and to our state, but uh, holistically, 
storytellers, you know, artists, you know, musicians, uh, filmmakers, they're, they're giving people a window into another culture, into another way of thought. When we were so siloed in our own information bubbles, uh, this is what cuts through. It's the reason why, you know, the first thing fascists come after is the arts. We are so divided as a country right now. Uh, when we look at education, when we look at anti-poverty measure, uh, measures, when we look at early intervention, anti-recidivism, all of that is so much more effective when we bring arts and music to that to that table. So, um, so that's something that's very personal to me, and I think very important, not just to our state, but you know, to our whole country. And um, so, I'm, I'm going to be advocating for that as well. No, ar- no arguments here. Uh, as uh, as you know, my bachelor's is in theater arts, and of course, on a practical level, our economy is so dependent on Hollywood jobs, and for I don't know, two, three decades now, we've seen so much production leave LA to Canada, to Georgia, Australia, Europe, like uh, Hungary and Czech Republic and such. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to give incentives for productions to shoot here. I mean, Hollywood is the American, um, it's the American myth. It's, It's our, I think, biggest cultural contribution to the world it's our parthenon it's our coliseum it's our that's right you know and and uh, we have to do everything to really keep it within hollywood i mean it's just a side note i i always i've always dreamt of hollywood incorporating into a city because i think hmm. once once it is its own city within la um, it would really have the the iconic place, and it will it will be better maintained than it is now. Because so I don't think Hollywood has ever been, even with gentrification, it hasn't really been what it can be for us. But anyways, that was just a side note. So if you're just joining us, this is the Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK ninety point seven FM. I am your host Vic Jarami, and you are listening to my interview with candidate for California State Assembly, District 44, uh, Steve Pearson. Tougher question now. I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, District Attorney uh, Gascon, mm-hmm. who, who sort of came in and, and he looked at so much dysfunction that had been happening in, in the DA's office and also law enforcement for decades. And so much from racial profiling, discrimination to really people being behind bars for years and years and years for simple minor, you know, offenses and such. So he did a big overhaul and, and changed a lot of things. As a result, there's always some casualties. There's some cons to the pros. Uh, you know, some I've talked to police officers, I've talked to firefighters who who feel like, you know, now it's like they're afraid to touch anything. You know, they're afraid to arrest people because, you know, of the ramifications uh, what do you or how do you feel about the changes that the district attorney george gascon has made um and just where we are now with that yeah i don't think that's a tough question I, I, i'm happy to talk about this um uh, and i've talked to you know police officers and firefighters too um and i think most good cops you know, want there to be accountability, oversight, and training within their department because they recognize that the uh, uh, egregious actions and, you know, I mean, 
every time a young black man gets killed at the hand of police officers, then, uh, you know, it, it, it's devastating to the community. And um, their oath is to protect and serve our community. And uh, when they're creating damage in the community, then, um, you know, they are breaking their oath. Um, so, um, so that accountability needs to be there. That transparency needs to be there. That training needs to be there. Uh, we need uh, resources uh, uh, to help the police officers. So, you know, especially when we're intervening with, uh, you know, homeless folks and, uh, you know, folks in, in mental health distress, we need qualified individuals going along with them. Uh, I'd, I'd been a fan of the idea of community policing for a long time, too, you know, where uh, police officers really uh, know uh, the community that they're in, so um, you know, so they know when somebody is uh, is sick or not. And um, I've spoken with some officers about that, and and they're not crazy about it. Only that they don't want to be in a position where if they're living in the community where they're serving, then they're confronted with someone that they arrested, and when they're with their kids or something like that, and you know, and they don't feel safe in that in that situation. So. Um, so I, I honor that as well. Um, but, you know, the, the thing about um, uh, D.I. Garçon's approach is it's it's not just, you know, based on being compassionate and it's not just deferring to uh, folks who are, have been threatened by police. It's actually, um, you know, very solidly based in data that makes our communities safer. So his first approach is making our communities safer. And, um, and that's what I want to do, too. And when we look at what really makes our communities safer, uh, it's certainly not over-incarceration. It's investing in communities. It's um, you know, bringing resources and addressing the, the causes and conditions that create uh, criminality. So, so um, is it fair to say that you are, you are with uh, Gascon's changes and initiatives? Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You you obviously know a lot about this because it's, uh, yeah. And I've just recently really re-educated myself with a lot of this. So it was ringing true when you were talking. But of course, there's changes, you know, uncomfortable for people. So, and, and there's, there are always some cons, as I said, and we the just best policies, yeah, the best, sorry to interrupt, but I, I, you know, the best policies, the best legislation can always have unintended consequences too. Sure. And we and we try to be thoughtful and and look at all the ramifications of everything we do, especially when it creates, you know, a sea change, when it's a, a big change of course in and how we've operated in the past. Um, and uh, and you just don't know what you don't know, right? And I think uh, what gets folks in trouble is when they paint any issue or any piece of legislation with too broad of a brush, right? Um, because one size does not fit all. And, um, you know, so we need to be thoughtful about our approach. But, you know, um, the reason I do support uh, DA Gascon and the work he's doing is uh, it's not willy-nilly. It's based on copious research and work that he's done and what we know makes our community safer. And that's that's where we should all be starting. And when I say our communities, that means, you know, folks living in the hills, and that means black and brown folks who are being, you know, threatened and discriminated against often by the police. Absolutely. So if you're just joining us, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with a candidate for California State Assembly, District 44, uh, Steve Pearson. So let's go back to your uh, campaign. How is your campaign going? I mean, the, <laughs> the election is in March. Right around the corner. 
Yeah. If that seems far away for folks, it's not. You know, we have the holidays coming up and then the, the primary. And, um, uh, you know, this is the first time I've run for office before. As I said, I've just been looking at where can I be of service and no better place than my home where I've lived for 30 years. Um, the campaign is going great. We are the top fundraiser in the race. We have double the individual contributions of any other candidate in this race. Um, and that's really humbling and affirming. Um, a lot of that support has come from uh, you know, the entertainment industry, frankly, folks who know that we need that voice, you know, and, and that lived experience up in Sacramento. And, um, and then a lot of that uh, support has come from grassroots leaders and activists who I've been working with since Trump was elected uh, to, you know, build our political power, to elect good Democrats and to push back against hate uh, everywhere that we see it. Um, and that's been really affirming. We've been endorsed by Senator Barbara Boxer. We've been endorsed by the great Dolores Huerta. She was the first person who endorsed our campaign, nice. uh, which was, yeah, I mean, I literally dropped to my knees. She, we love her she, at KPFK. Oh, my God. She's amazing. And when I was, I was actually like 95% sure I was going to run. We hadn't announced yet. And, uh, you know, my wife and I had talked a lot about it. And I had this call set up with her, and uh, and I said, I'm I'm running for assembly. I'd like your. And she cut me off and said, Yes, Steve, absolutely, I endorse you. We need more organizers like you in Sacramento. Nice. And I was just dumbstruck. I didn't know what to say. I mean, this is, you know, civil rights labor icon Dolores Huerta. And I called up my wife and I said, We're doing this. We can't let Dolores down. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, Steve, um, is there a question that I missed? that I should have asked. Oh, wow. Um, Is there anything you I, want to add? Well, I, I will add for your listeners my website if people want to check it out. It's uh, pearsonforcalifornia.com. That's P-I-E-R-S-O-N-F-O-R-C-A.com. And uh, like I said, this is a grassroots campaign. All of my contributions have come from individuals. And uh, if you uh, want to make a contribution, that would help us out a lot. It costs a lot to reach voters and uh, every little bit helps. So, um, you know, I would love for you to check out some more and uh, and even sign up to volunteer. Like, let's, I would love to meet you. And let's, uh, we've got some fun events happening uh, all over the district. And I hope you'll join us at one of those. Oh, listener. <laughs> Super, fantastic. Uh, Steve, thank you for being on the show. I'm sure we'll chat again before uh, the primary election in March. I look forward to it. Thank you for your great work. And, and thanks for having me on, Vic. Got it. Thank you, Steve, for being on the show. Thank you for your time. I hope we can chat again. Uh, before the election in March, and uh, good luck to you. Before we go, I'd like to thank my producer, Ricky Herrera, without whom this show would not be possible, and KPFK, the station that brings you unfiltered and commercial-free news, opinion, and hopefully some inspiration. Thank you for joining me today on The Blunt Post with Vic. For more information, please visit thebluntpost.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Vic Jarami, at V-I-C-G-E-R-A-M-I. Thank you. The Blunt Post with Vic.